Social media was once the hot topic on every marketeer's lips. But you can't have failed to notice that that conversation has died down and been replaced by the metaverse and now, of course, artificial intelligence. But that's not to say that social media is still not a very important channel in marketing. Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. And in today's show, I'm talking with leading social media expert, Claire Hong, all about the future of social media strategy and how brands need to think about approaching social as a way to build their audience, engage their audience and grow their businesses. If you have an interest in social media and marketing, I'm sure you'll find what Claire has to say really interesting. I hope you enjoy the show. Claire, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. The sun's shining. It's a good day, so thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming along. I think I first come across you at the eConsultancy Live conference probably two or three months ago, and you were on a stage talking about social media, and I just thought that you had so much value to share. I just had to get you onto the show, so I'm delighted that you agreed to come and join me today. Oh, thank you very much. So I'll try kind of very briefly introduce you and I, I just know you as a social media expert and you're currently working at ITV um, but you have been at various other brands over the years so Thomas Cook, BBC, Fremantle and then also in the agency world at uh, Wavemaker and Dentsu as well so you've got a good rounded background. <laughs> have I missed anything out there? No, I think that's a, a really nice intro. Yeah, Thank positive you very much. highlights. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So I guess what I really want to talk to you today about is the future of social media and that kind of future of topic area is overdone a bit, isn't it? But I think with social media and I guess tech as a whole, it, it moves at such a clip, doesn't it? That there's always something new to think about. So I, yeah. I'd love to get your perspectives on, you know, what, what, where are we headed with social media? What, and how do brands play in this space in a way that is safe and engages their audiences? Yeah. And no, I mean, it, like you say, I think the thing about it is how fast it moves. So I would love to be able to say, in a year's time, this is what's going to happen. And I'll be totally wrong. because <laughs> I've, I've made predictions in the past, I mean, probably about five years ago, where I was like, e-commerce is the way forward, e-commerce is the way forward. And, you know, it, it didn't quite get there in the UK market. It was really interesting because I was looking over at Southeast Asia at the time. Ah, okay. And, um, <clears throat> it didn't quite get there. But I think what will happen with social media and will continue to happen is as the audience group gets older and as, you know, we have... Uh, a native audience group like you know I have a son who's 12 now he's never known any world other than social media that will become the mainstream um, and I think I said that at the event that you were at so it's more just about actually accepting this as the mainstream rather than something that's unusual and keeping on top of it basically as the changes happen so all it takes is one very strong competitor to come along who does one particular piece of functionality say very short form video and that can change the entire scope of how things work yeah exactly And and I think you're leaning on TikTok there I'm guessing because that since the pandemic has exploded hasn't it and it's interesting to see how uh, YouTube responded with YouTube shorts and Insta I think it had is it reels or stories I always mix them up it had their their video product before didn't it but it wasn't quite getting as much traction as TikTok has 
exactly and there and you know now we can see that it really favors if you do a certain sort of video that's around them so you know and meta have always done that they've always been very responsive to the market you know when snapchat was um doing a lot with filters you know they kind of came along and started launching their own filters around the stories area so they 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 respond a lot to each other because they're quite fast on what's on the market um but it's also as well just i i think the kind of apple revealing their new tech will be very interesting as well i know meta again has been trying to push the kind of vr ar world for a while um and i still think that's like qr codes i still think that will come back as something that's quite important. Um, so Apple releasing kind of a high value, um, high quality piece of tech in that space as well, I think might, will be an, in, well, no, it might, I think will be an interesting case to see because Apple very rarely put all the, uh, you know, they're not like Amazon. <clears throat> they're not like uh, a company that kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. They are a company that are very particular about what they release. Mm. So the fact that they put a lot of eggs in that basket, I think, says a lot. Really. It's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, like you, I have a 12-year-old son, and he's, as you said, a digital native. You know, he's grown up with the internet, whereas I certainly didn't. I think I was, you know, mm. like, 18 19 before the internet came along so all of my formative years were spent even without a mobile phone and, and that's very different now so the way in which future generations communicate manage their lives is very different social media is just embedded isn't it Absolutely. Uh, we could go off on the <laughs> vr headset thing i think for quite some time because i'm a little bit cynical about that especially at the price point they've put it out at which is a bit eye-watering it, it is, but I think it's like any price point for an early adopter and the first, you know, it's like the first iPhone was super expensive, so expensive that most people couldn't afford it, but that's how you made it a valuable commodity. So, you know, there were a certain number of key influencers, certain numbers of movers and shakers who took that on. And then as a result of them having that, it, it then pushed it into like the next stage, which was like early majority. And then, you know, by the time it's an early majority, it's mainstream. So by the time you've got Apple three, four, I don't think what's going to change is what they've just released. I think what's going to change is when they get to their third or fourth iteration of mm. it. And it's a lot cheaper and it's a lot people, easier for people to pick up. I think that kind of price point at the moment is to make it such a valuable commodity that you're going to get your, I remember like when the iPhone came out and, um, Chandler from Friends got given one and everyone's like, oh, Chandler from Friends has got an iPhone. It must be, you know what I mean? It must be, it must be great, this iPhone thing. Chandler from Friends got it. I think it's a bit like that. You know what I mean? Like, I think the people who are maybe a bit cynical about it, but you know, if you can get your Beyonce's using it, if you can get your like big influencers using it because it's at a price point they feel as exclusive, then that will trickle down mm. to everyone else. And then you'll start getting the companies developing the content for it. And I think that is when you'll see the kind of change because I think where, you know, I think where people who believe in this kind of universe are right is where <clears throat> they kind of say the next level of digital iteration is around kind of sharing and being able to share in that digital space. Okay. So at the moment we kind of, you know, we do it a little bit across things like Zoom, but the idea that it will get to the point that you will feel like you are in a room with someone else by putting on these goggles, the fact that you don't have to travel across the world to see the pyramids, you know, the fact that you can feel like you're in a video game but without any threat to your physical person will be, I think, game changers. So, you know, 
that very much I think feels like something that can get here we just need it to the tech to kind of catch up interesting Um, okay so the tech needs to catch up with the what's happening in social really in terms of how we communicate collaborate yeah yeah. And I think it just takes us out. I mean, this is going off on tangent a little bit, but I, I kind of watched two films over this weekend and one was the amazing new Spider-Man film and one was the Little Mermaid film, which I absolutely loved when I was, you know, a 10-year-old kid and it really took me back. But what I found was really interesting was the scope that the Spider-Man film could do as an animation. And I remember watching the Little Mermaid film and turning around to my husband and going, oh, it's not as good as when I was a, when it was a cartoon because when it was a cartoon, you could have thousands of mermaids swimming around you know it didn't have that it had that massive scope and now they've made it a film like you can see about 25 of them in the water and looks a bit rubbish really so I I think you know that's what I think this world will do it will open up the scope of what you can do because what you can do with like kind of the digital creativity and what you can do without having to rely on you know real world Kind of, you know, what what building is in the background there? What tree is there? What yeah. actually, if you can just take all that away and shoot yourself in the space, you know, it'll be amazing. Yeah, it'll yeah. Kind of open it all out, really. We're, we're in danger of steering off into AI here in general. Yeah, sorry. AI yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> Let me bring yeah. you back. Let yeah. me bring you back to social media a little bit, uh, because I think even though it's perhaps not the the hot topic, it's still such an important channel for mm. most brands, isn't it, and most marketeers. You know, it's a vital way to get to their customers. So what what do you think is changing in terms of strategy for social media? Well, I think one of the big ones, and I think this is something, um, you know, you kind of mentioned at the beginning, is that organic versus paid, which has been on the cards. It's not new. I think a lot of brands know about it. I think what sometimes brands forget, though, with social media, is that social media is one of the very kind of rare content uh one rare media channels really that you can benefit from having good content so for example if you if you book a radio slot you know you book it by the time you know it's in drive time so it's going to cost a bit more than it would be if it was like Mm mid-afternoon if you book it on a mainstream channel with a lot more viewers that's going to cost a bit more than it would be if it was like a a 4am you know alan partridge-esque slot (laughs) so you know that's how traditionally media channels have kind of costed up the the space that people are trying to advertise in. The thing with social media is they're really clever because they realise actually the value now is around your attention because, you know, sounding a bit Molly May, but it's, what she did say is true that everyone has 24 hours a day. It's the one thing that no one can change. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you're able, disabled, um, what, what, which country you live in, everyone only has 24 hours a day. So how you spend that 24 hours is really important and that is the fight that every content maker has now is can we get you to spend some time with us and that means that you can't just presume that you put something out on a radio show or a tv show or on a magazine and someone's going to spend time with you you now have to fight for that Mm. attention so social media channels know this but they also know that they also need to make money so what they're they've been really clever about with their kind of like paid activity as well is they've made the organic a bit harder to find so if you had a hundred followers 15 10 15 years ago and you put a post out chances are a hundred of those people would have seen your post. Now we know that organic has gone down to almost 10, 15%. So if you have a hundred followers now and you put a post out, chances are it'll reach 10 people. 
So it will reach a, a much smaller amount of people. And if you're starting from scratch, it's even hard because not only are you not got 100 followers in the first place, trying to get them is really hard. And when you do get them, you're going to reach 10%. So there's two ways you can go about making it easier to reach those people. You can pay, put paid behind it and you can go, please force this out. Which for, mo- which for most brands is the only real credible option, isn't it? Yeah, you know, with, you know. And, and, you know, like is actually obviously why those channels are making money. You know, if you've got marketing budget and you put it in there and it's, you know, that works for them. But if you are going to do that, the other thing is to then make the content interesting because what those social channels know is if the content is interesting and keeps people on, they will reward you for that because it means that you've kept people on their channel. So, for example, if you make an Instagram Reels and it's really interesting and people watch it and watch it and watch it over and over again. So it's all about the time scale of the the video. So, you know, if it's like a minute long and people watch 10 seconds of it, that means that they've only watched 10% of that video. So they go, oh, it's not that interesting. Um, we're not going to send it out to any more people because so if people watch it, they're only going to watch 10% of it. So it gets, 15, it gets lost in the algorithm, basically. Yeah. Exactly. If it's 15 seconds long and then people watch the 15 seconds and then watch the beginning of it again. So what you're seeing now is a lot of filmmakers. I've got an amazing like um, food foodie person who I follow and she always starts with the end of the recipe. So then when you get to the end of the video, you don't realize that you watched it again and again. And then they can go, that's really interesting. So because that's interesting, we think that more people want to see it. So they don't only just send it out to your followers. They send it out to the bigger world. You know, it it goes, that's where you get your millions of views, even though you only have 10,000 followers. And paid is exactly the same. So if you are putting, if you are going to put paid behind this anyway, and you make a piece of content that isn't, isn't great well not not great but maybe not made natively for that so you've made a tv advert and what you've decided is you want to do a cut down of that tv advert you want to put on social media still a tv advert you've not subtitled it you've not put it in nine by 16 that's going to be a really hard push for Mm -hmm. someone to be interested in because people know when it's an advert you know they'll see it they go it's an advert it's an advert i can see that straight away so the social media channel will go oh you know what we've put this out to a thousand people They've only watched 10% of it. Still going to take your money. So, you know, we're not going to not take your money, but we're going to charge you a bit more. So to reach the next thousand people, every view is now going to cost you 10p. You know, so for a pound, you'll get 10 more views. If it's a really good video, if it looks native, if it's something people have watched to the end of the video, if it's something engaging, they've commented, they've shared on it, they've liked it, then they'll go, oh, actually, this benefits us because it's a good video as well. So you know what? We're only going to charge you 1p for the next view that you get. So you then get 100 views for that one pound and then that's why you have to do both to make your strategy work together you You know you can either like put a lot of money into it but have really rubbish content and therefore what happens is it costs you more money it's less cost effective or you can have really good content that's native to the channels and then actually is really cost effective to you and you're reaching as many people as possible so that yeah. So in, it, it, I guess in a nutshell, value of good creative is very high. And, you know, if you really want to get reach, not only do you need good creative, but you need to pay for extra reach as well. You need to have that hand in hand approach of great creative that's native to the platform you're putting it out on. Yes. And I really understand that point there about, you know, trying to cut down a TV ad into, um, you know, a, a social media format just doesn't carry across very well, does it? 
And, and and I think people know if you if you're gonna do something glossy and beautiful, and I get it, if you can do something glossy, and be- then do something glossy and beautiful in the platform. You know, what I mean, that's native to the platform. There are so many wonderful filmmakers doing some really great things with like what looks like magic tricks. You know, what I mean, with editing, but they're doing it in the nine by sixteen format. You know, and it's not all sell, 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 sell. They might use the product, but in a useful way because they show you how to make your cheeks look amazing, or you know, they'll they'll show you how to. Um, it's quite fun because it's like a little magic trick where they've got them playing and disappeared from here to here. You know, there's if you've got something that's interesting content, and that has always been the way the world's worked, right? You yeah. your magazine is interesting. You slip a couple of ads in the middle of it. You don't have a magazine. <laughs> all the ads that just makes no sense no one's ever going to want to read that you know so that's the that's the kind of like way that you know it's still very similar around social media but it's just something for people to bear in mind so the, so the role of the the brand marketeer then has kind of moved on to entertainer as much as salesperson right because you know good old-fashioned uh marketing or advertising you'd make sure it was very highly branded very polished look at the products features and benefits but now it's much different isn't it it's you know, I'm not pushing a brand so much as showing the value that we add. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, you know, that there's that really important thing that, you know, people always say is people are not going to buy when you put your ad out. That's not what it's about. You know, it's not like, hey, if I put this out now, there's something going to be 50,000 people go to the website to buy it. It's not how it works because <laughs> yeah. people aren't always ready for that. So, you know, if you want to buy a toothbrush or you want to buy car insurance or you want to buy a sandwich, you're not going to be ready. The trick is that when you are ready, your product is top of mind. Yes. That's always what it's been about. So it's not about going, hey, you know, like go now and get 20% discount because they might not be ready. It might help. It might push them over the line to have the 20% discount. But the message that you always want is, this is such a great product yeah. or this is such an irritating advert, but you know what? You remember it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you like remember the, it. Let's go compare all over, isn't it? Oh, that's... Not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> the um, That reminds me of a stat I heard recently. It's something along the lines of 95% of your target audience aren't in the market to buy your product when you're communicating. So yeah. it's not about trying to sell something. It's about trying to build a relationship. And that kind of leads us down the road of, you know, building brands versus selling products you know long and and short of its stuff yeah and it's and it's about the fact that now that we don't have you know me and you growing up you know I remember when channel five launched you know (laughs) (laughs) a lot of my childhood before the Spice Girls came along was four channels you know so that you know you had I don't know 50 million people at the time 40 million people at the time they were all divided across those channels you put something out on there people would watch it people would see it it's not the case now there is so much media for people to consume across so many different places it is impossible to find one thing that is like oh everyone will see it if I put it here you've got to be really smart about all the different places and all the different audiences and what they expect across those so it does mean you have to make a lot more effort in terms of getting your message out there but also don't waste it you know if if an 18 year old is not interested in life insurance right now don't go on social media, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or don't yeah. go on TikTok trying to do it. It's just not worth it. It's like be clever about who your audience are and where they're going to be. So um, and, and make the right channel for them. And that's what I was saying about social media being mainstream. It's not just for young people anymore. Like there is a channel 
for every audience that you want, but you just need to make sure you're on the right one. Yeah, I agree with that entirely is that it's, you know, there are so many platforms now that everyone's got a little space that they like to go to, whether it's Snapchat or TikTok, wherever. We could keep naming names for quite a while. And that, I guess that introduces another brand challenge for, for marketeers. Not only how do we present ourselves across those different channels, but how do we as an organization organize ourselves to actually manage those different channels? So I'm from a kind of general marketing and PR background. So I tend to look at social media more from a, I guess, a PR or a customer service point of view. If you're from a brand marketing background, you have a very different perspective on that. So how do how do brands, how should brands manage social media in this really kind of disjointed world in which we're operating? And and I think it's not presuming that one person can do social media. You know, I, I think that's a really common mistake. Like you, you get a lot of, um, and I get it for smaller companies, sometimes they might only have one person do marketing, you know, and they kind of stick social media in under them because, you know, they're doing PR anyway and SEO. Why not just put social media under them? <laughs> they can do it all, why not? Yeah, they can do it all, why, you know, why can you not do people? So it, it's just one of those things that I think you have to treat it as something that does need time and effort. It's not something to be done by the youngest person in the office just because they, they're on Snapchat or they're on TikTok and they understand it because there's still an incredibly hard job of, like you say, branding, but not overt branding in yeah. the way that you would have done with a 30-second advert. It's actually harder because you're being a lot subtle. You're actually becoming, like you say, an entertainment channel that just happens to talk about your brand. And then you have to make sure that it's relevant to each channel, you know, so it's it's different. So I think what um, brands have to do is start realizing that this is an area to invest in, a very important area to invest in. You know, you might use an agency to do it if you can't do it yourself, but you can no longer, one, do it organically. It's very, 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 very hard. So yes, you might pay for a, an amazing filmmaker to make your video, but you can't guarantee you're going to reach it. So again, you have to put that budget aside for the paid side to make sure that you can reach people as well. And the other thing is to be really aware that it is, um, it's not a passive medium. So, you know, I think it's some people still think of that kind of 30 seconds to get our message out. It's got to be as impactful as possible. We've got to leave them with an elevator pitch. You know, they've got to remember. It's like you don't actually, because the great thing about social media is you'll imagine you're reaching them every day and you can talk to them every day and you don't have to say sell, sell, sell every day. It can just be a, hey, here is a piece of content that shows we get you. And that might just be a meme. And that might just be a, hey, hump day. It might just be a, oh, you know, like the sun is shining, get out there. You know, you have brands like um, one of my favorite ones from still is probably like Innocence Movie. You've always okay. been brilliant with this. You know, the number of times they actually mention this movie is probably five in a hundred because what they do is make you love them as a brand. And I think that's the thing with social media as well is don't think about the first time I heard about campaigns, I was like, what the heck is a campaign? Because I had come from an editorial world of, you know, broadcasting where social media was just always on. It was always the supporting thing that worked around. So at the time, it was like the YouTube channel for BBC Children's. It was always on. Yep. It was constantly pushing out content. We were doing it. So the idea of just doing like something for six weeks or something for three weeks, I was like, what's that about? What's the point <laughs> of that? You know, why would you do that? Yeah, like, yeah. Change of mindset just- for you. Yeah, so I, I so I I now get campaigns obviously because I know that there's a reason to you know 
especially in marketing campaign, because you have a specific message and you want to keep people top of mind. But I think the thing with social media is not to think of it like that. It's not a platform where you just put out campaigns where you just go, oh, this is this six weeks, we're going to buy up all the airtime or buy up all the out of home or buy up all to, to launch this specific burger. It's actually a channel that's on all the time. Mm. So what are you saying when you're putting out? And you can't just say buy our stuff all the time. So it no feel like then social media strategy in terms of building relationships has moved on from being that broadcast advertising platform to more of, as I said there, building relationships and creating conversations and showing the pulse of the business almost. Absolutely. And you know what? I always say it's like it's like dating. <laughs> so, you know, like when you have a social media channel, you should talk or be as much as relevant to the other person. I just thought, so you don't go to a first date and be like, oh, amazing. I'm great. This is why you should go out with me. It's why then me, 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 me. You kind of go, what, what are you up to today? You know, oh, tell me about the most, like the most, I remember like going on this like kind of workshop and they were saying like the people that like people like people love used to love Bill Clinton because what he was great at was asking people about themselves. Yes. And then one would see people would say, why do you like Bill Clinton so much? It wasn't anything he had said. It was the fact that he'd shown an interest in them. Someone this great, high, mighty leader. That's right. Country. So, you know, and that, that left like a really great feeling with people. So it, it's that kind of thing that the people who, you like the most that people ask you about you, yes. <laughs> you know, rather than talk about themselves. That's so uh, you... a classic out of the how to uh, make friends and influence people, isn't it? Is, you know, get people talking about themselves. That's their favorite subject. And absolutely. And everyone can talk about themselves. Yeah. Not everyone can talk about, you know, <laughs> having kids because they might not have kids or not everyone can talk about why they now need this, you know, kitchen polisher no one cares you know <laughs> but what they they will care about is like actually will that kitchen polisher make their life more convenient so they can do more of what they like to do okay. or hey doesn't everyone hate cleaning the kitchen or you know so there are always things that people can identify with so I, I think it's it's like that it's having a two-way relationship with social media that isn't just going hey guess what I'm up to guess what I'm up to guess even though I do this on LinkedIn but guess you know it's more about hey Will this help you? Yes. Or what are you guys up to? <laughs> or hey, we're all loving Eurovision right now, right? Hannah Waddington's amazing, you know. And and you know, it, it's more about that and being clever about jumping on, you know, what people are talking about okay. in the conversations. So just going back then to that that um, feeling of it being a bit disjointed, how we manage social media in an organisation. How do we go overcome that? How do you, what what's the right way to approach social media within a brand if you've got Lots of different marketing disciplines all fighting for their piece of the social media pie. I think is is like literally specialised in that area. So I think you know if you do have a marketing department and you have your PPC person, you as you have your SEO person, have a lead for social, but just be aware that lead will not be able to do everything. If you are going to create content because you're doing a massive campaign and you're spending a lot on a creative agency, make sure that the ideas that they're working on for social are socially native. So it's not just a cut down mm, of what okay. they're already doing. You know, it, it's about just thinking of it as um, a very specific channel and then also how are you going to maintain it all year round? So not just what are the six marketing campaigns this year that we're going to do around, you know, X brand. It's actually... If we have this around all the time, 
what are we going to say? What is our yeah. personality? It's all the stuff that you would do with brand anyway. How do we how do we feed the machine? And someone was telling me the other day that TikTok as a platform is very very hungry for content. You've got to keep feeding it, otherwise you'll drop off the yeah, drop out of visibility. It is, but the thing about it as well is it can be fast. Yeah, you know, like you know, my twelve year old can do it. You know, your twelve year old can probably do it. He is doing everyone, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like everyone has a phone. It it's not that hard. Yeah. To you know, you might you might not um you might not be the most creative person in the world so if you're not find someone who's more creative yeah. you know yeah. give them space to breathe and just be creative don't say like you have to be in the office nine to five and you have to sit down at your desk chained to because that's not when the best ideas come the best ideas come at three o'clock in the morning yeah. when you're half asleep but you've had to see some <laughs> great stuff so give the creative people space to breathe but also like don't worry about that beautiful, polished, gorgeous piece of content that's cost you six figures. Some It's not about that. It's about being quick and reactive. And sometimes that can just be like you talking to a camera for 20 seconds. Yeah. Or that yeah. can be, uh, you know, a, a little kind of shot of behind the scenes. Or that can be a little quick um, clip from something that you talk about. You know, you have a green screen behind you. Or it can just be you trying on a filter. It, it doesn't have to take hours and hours and hours of time. It can be something quite quick. And that's why they've made it like that so anyone can use it. Yeah, yeah. But that is the problem. Your competition is anyone. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a much more competitive, noisy landscape, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I guess that leads me on to thinking about the subject of safety, brand safety, but also safety for children. For example, we both, we're both parents, so we're, I'm sure that you are – as cautious as I am about letting children, our children onto social and how we protect them from sometimes uh, unhealthy content. And then I think that leads nicely on to regulation in terms of, you know, is this a space that needs to be re- better regulated to protect people, our society, but also brands as well? So um, let's start with safety there. How do we, how do we make this a safe space? And, and it, I don't think you can. You know what I mean? I'll be totally honest. I think there's a two-way responsibility here. I think you're, you know, like the, the platforms can do as much as they can do from their side. But at the end of the day, the reason they're so popular and they can scale is because they don't have thousands and thousands of staff sitting there watching every piece. It would be impossible. I think someone once told me the amount of video that gets uploaded on YouTube in a minute is impossible. You can't. Mm-hmm view all of it so their model has always relied on kind of self-policing and people reporting things that they think balances it but that means that on the other side as a user and as a parent of a user you've got a responsibility to kind of make sure that you know you're watching the kind of content they're doing my son hates it but I do you know I follow his account I make I see what is going up I'll go in and check his inboxes yeah sometimes you know if I've said to him if he's talking to someone then I I need to know who they are before they can join them as a friend you know so I need to know that they're friends so there's things that you can do in that side obviously as they get older it gets a lot harder and it does get a lot harder but I think you've got to be it sounds awful. You've got to be a parent and persist on that side of things and not just presume that the platform or the safety measures you've put on your internet access are going to do it. Absolutely. They don't do it. <laughs> also, he's smarter than I am now, right? So yeah. he can get around it. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. 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 You have, you have, as a parent, you have very limited skill sets compared to your children these days, I think. <laughs> yeah. So you've, you've just got to build, unfortunately, I think it's, it's a responsibility for you to kind of build that 
in with them, yeah. you know, and as well as the platforms kind of doing their things. So how do we, um, should we regulate the platforms? Should we place more of our owners on the platforms to create safe spaces or do we, do you think that they're doing enough? No, I mean, in, in my, I, I've said this for a long time, I think the platform should be regulated. I think absolutely from a legislative point of view, we should have things in place that means that they are responsible when things do go wrong because that's when they will take a bit more. So we, you know, we have we have things like the ASA. I mean, this might have changed, but I remember like looking at, you know, an advert that was on one of the channels and then I clicked through to it and it led to a very kind of spammy website saying, you know, you've got 30 seconds to buy this. If you don't buy it, it's going to run out really high pressure. Uh, basically lying because obviously that product was never going to lie and I remember writing to the ASA and going well this is this seems you know really irresponsible this is like lying it's selling a product that I don't and they said oh we can't do anything about it because we don't regulate social media and the server of the website is based in France and we can't regulate anything when the server's somewhere else so I was like so wait a minute then so you as a so I could basically come in or as a brand from another country, have my base in another country, have my website server in another country, basically sell a load of lies. So, oh, here's here's a pill that will make you lose weight and not be regulated by the ASA in this country because the social media is not regulated and that's the only platform I'm advertising on. So, it, it you know, that to me doesn't make sense. It's very dangerous. Yeah, there's some gaping holes there, aren't there, in, in our ability to protect our communities. Absolutely. And if you think every other advertiser and every other media channel, we go through so much, you know, TV has Ofcom, you know, everyone else should have the ASA. If you were going to, you know, um, a magazine that like, you know, um, Hearst were running and said, hey, I'm going to put a full page ad in about how you can lose weight if you have, they wouldn't be allowed to do that. They'd have to check to see, you know, is is it a safe Mm. medical thing? If someone wanted to put something about selling um, investments, you wouldn't be allowed to put that on TV without going, oh, you, you know, the investments are at risk. This company is desperately gone through the FSA, you know, all these kind of things. But you can sell crypto ads online. You can say you're a verified um, seller of crypto because you've got your blue tick, you know, on, on certain platforms. And there's no safety guarantees. Yeah. And then it can go wrong and there's no one to go to yes. to help you because there's no regulation there in place. All the things around, the the ring thing that really scares me is hate regulation. There's loads of, you know, we have protected characteristics in this country that at the moment still are protected by law under um, legislation around the Equalities Act. That is not considered, you know, on these social platforms. Not not enforceable. Not enforceable, absolutely, because you're anonymous, you can be quite influential, like really influential you know we're always saying how influential our politicians are or our celebrities are and it's in the public interest you can be someone with millions of followers and you can say whatever you want and on social media channel and it's not followed up and there is no power by any legislature you know to follow. so it is I, I find it quite dangerous so I do think it does need to be legislated and how you do that I don't know because obviously they're global channels <laughs> yeah I mean that that requires global cooperation I think doesn't it but they do it around data protection yeah. you know every every so you know every social platform now has to do it around data protection um as much as we're still kind of going out through it having left the eu um but you know we we still have to sort that bit out but they will do it when they have to 
you know, and obviously with Meta having had to sell Giphy around the competition law, they will do it when they have to. So there's just a question now of why why are they not? Why are they not on and how do we make them? Perhaps there's a call to action coming here, Claire, is there? How do we make this happen? Yeah, I I feel like there should be. I feel like there should be a, you know, and I know like the government have tried to look at this several times in terms of, you know, how do we how do we put a digital act in place and how do we put digital legislation in place? But and I I just do feel like very strongly there should be something there because it it's not enough that that you know we we can do something as parents to try and you know protect our children from our side, but actually there's a lot even from consumers with brands. Mm, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Claire, look, thanks so much for coming on having a chat about social media. It's not something that I've looked at a lot, apart from listening to your great talk at e-consultancy and maybe think, oh, you know what, I really need to get back onto this area of marketing and brand because it is such a big influential channel, isn't it? And to look at or to touch on the sort of safety side and regulation is quite interesting as well. And it feels like, there's probably a lot we can do as marketeers to shape that conversation and to try and make some change happen. Absolutely. And I think, you know, a groundswell of, of you know, people who spend money in that area kind of all kind of having the same conversation and thought, I think, will inevitably make a difference. I think yeah. that's that's how you make change. It's just I don't think enough people without sounding – I think not necessarily enough people in senior positions know about how influential social media is i think for a long time it's been something that's like over there or young people do it or you know it's an outlier in terms of where we put our marketing budget i think now it's like no guys it's now the most probably the most mainstream um kind of media channel people can spend their time on so please look at this in the same way you would look at regulating tv or you regulating you know um, magazines or ads around finances it has to be that strict now yeah there you go there's your call to action for your local mp to get on this <laughs> absolutely i just i can't i just can't actually organize it myself so i need someone more organized to actually do that part of it <laughs> claire excellent thanks thanks ever so much if um are there any places like kind of books you read or podcasts you listen to that you think this is where i get inspiration and information around social media the one book that I would say that everyone should read, it's a bit, not outdated, but I say it's, it's for a slightly different world of social media, but uh, Jab, Jab, Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk, I think is like, for me, still the basis yeah. of why you need to make good content on social media. And the whole theory around not just selling sales messages, about making your channels engaging and, you know, putting investment into content on those channels still stands true. And when I read that, it was like a revelation. I was like, oh, of course, you know, it was like all those things. You go, of course. Um, so that I think is everyone should just read that, and I think it would like open their minds up and did suddenly understand why they need to make content um, for social media in that way. And I think Gary V has been banging this drum for quite a long time now, hasn't he? So if, if people haven't heard it yet, I mean, I must be honest, I haven't read his book, but I have come across Gary a lot, and it's hard not to be influenced by his thinking around social so uh, that's great exactly. i think he's you know one of the uh, you know he probably hate the way that you say he's the granddad but you know he's very much uh, 
He's very a statesman. Yeah, yeah, a paternal figure in the uh, the world of social media. So it's almost like read the basics. He's the basics. He's the basics. the basics. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Claire, if people want to get in touch with you and say hello and book you or whatever, get some guidance, some help. What's the best way for them to reach out? Um, so you can contact me on LinkedIn. That's probably my best channel. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just Claire Hong, C-L-A-I-R-E dot Hong is not spelled how you think. So it's H-O-A-N for November G. Um, and then hopefully I should come up on there. Um, yeah. And then just drop, you know, drop me a line, contact me. I, I'm always taking connections and I always like to build out that network. Perfect. And I'll put your link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well. Claire, an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. 